Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. If you're finding yourself going a little crazy in your household, then why not go a little crazy with some friends over in the Hawk and Cleaver Facebook Movie Club. Last Saturday, we all watched the movie Tremors together, and we're planning on watching more movies together in the coming weeks, including this coming Saturday. If you're interested, then go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Hawk and Cleaver, and keep Saturday clear on your calendar. Today's episode is Nocturne in Spirit. Written by Kezia Keniston-Mitchell and narrated by Erica Ventura. It was midnight on a Tuesday, and the attic bloomed with music. Notes piled on each other in glittering spirals as Delma's fingers danced over the violin's neck. The swell of a major scale melted into the oblique sadness of a minor. Then a melody broke out between them and she slid from practice drills into the lilting rhythm of a favorite sonata. The room was lit by a single lamp on the table, angled toward the music stand, though Delma rarely consulted the pages. She didn't see as well as she once had, though she would have never admitted it. Her reading glasses lay on the table ignored. In the corner, an old record player crackled as it spun a well-worn orchestral album at full volume. 
It was a familiar selection of pieces. Back in the day, the critics had called them some of Delma's finest work with a Philharmonic. And she had forgotten nothing. She played along with the album, chasing every peak and valley of the music with ease, her eyes closed and her body swaying in tempo. The violin's taut, oak-toned voice struck out into the shadows, pushing back the darkness and seeping into the peeling wallpaper, each phrase bolder and louder, as if in defiance of the night. Delma had always lived alone, and felt no need to be troubled by consideration for her neighbors. Besides, the rest of the brownstone, sprawling, indecently decayed, like a bad tooth spoiling the city's smile, was empty, and had been for years. One by one, the other apartment's residents had left, pushed out by developers, or just too old and sick to stay. Only Delma remained. Here, in the very top of the building, in her faded, dated nest, its windows staring out across a world that hummed with life, and yet was as distant as the moon. She had no family. There was a cousin in Nebraska somewhere, perhaps, but they didn't speak. Nobody spoke much to Delma. They hadn't for a long time. That didn't matter, though. She didn't need the burdens of pleasantries and small talk. They were pointless wastes, as she used to tell Lillian. Delma was not a people person. She would always cringe through the vapid conversations at every after-party, every function and fundraiser she had to attend for the orchestra, hating the smile glued to her face and squirming inside at the awkward burn of other people's flat jokes. Lillian would laugh and call Delma stuffy, egotistical, and they would come home in a cab across the river, bickering gently all the way. They would make love on the worn couch by the fireplace, or in Delma's wide bed, between the stacks of records and the boxes of old sheet music. After, Lillian would always leave, slipping out into the darkness and back to her real life or so she would say, with a broad, red-lipped smile cutting across her face like a wound. Delma drew back her bow with renewed force, a blurred and sour note marring an otherwise perfect passage. She cursed under her breath and pushed on, caught up in the music's sweeping rise. Her hands ached and her neck was stiff though the violin was a comforting weight wedged between her chin and shoulder, its wood as warm as skin. None of it seemed so very long ago. Not when she played like this. When she lost herself in the music, it was all real again. The audiences, the warmth of the lights and applause, the sound of the string section warming up, their bows creaking across the necks of violins and cellos. Delma could almost smell the clashing fragrances of perfumes and colognes, flowers and buttonholes, hairspray and wood polish. She could catch the glint of movement that marked the conductor's baton and feel the thrill of being caught up in the tide of a perfection bigger than herself, where her joys, her failings, no longer belonged to her alone. 
It was this way. Every evening, Delma played her nightly medley, not giving a damn how loud the music was or how carried away she grew in the soaring tumult of notes and never noticing the tears on her cheeks until they pooled at her chin, wetting the place where she and her violin met. She finished with the record player, ripping her bow from the strings in a final flourish at the close of the last piece on the album, a live performance she remembered well, captured for eternity in the LP's neatly pressed grooves. Dalma, her eyes squeezed shut, relived the night even as it faded, the thunderous 30-year-old cheers falling away into the record player's equally outdated hiss and pop. The last echoes of the notes reverberated through the stillness of her lonely apartment. Delma let out her breath in a great rush. And then, to her confusion, found that the silence was incomplete. There was applause. She could hear it still, but it wasn't some trick of memory. It was real, unmistakable sound of someone in the room with her clapping, palm to palm, skin to skin. Delma spun around, her violin clutched defensively to her chest. The apartment was empty. Everything was as she left it. The table with its dim lamp and scattering of books, magazines, and mail-order catalogs she read but never bought from, the dusty shelf that held house plants and unanswered letters, the worn couch that was bowed with a million memories. Beyond the picture window on the far wall, the city's lights were countless dots of yellow and white, the taillights of cars on the avenues like raindrops seen through the glass, and every bit as inconsequential. In here, time stood still, it was another world, and it belonged to her alone. Delma let out a breath and shook her head. You're becoming a foolish old woman, she muttered, chastising herself, though she wasn't accustomed to acknowledging her age. Delma wiped down her violin and laid it tenderly in its case. She looked down at her hands, at the skin stretched thinner over her knuckles, the subtle lines and ridges that had somehow formed before she'd noticed. You're old, she thought. Old and alone. The way she'd said you'd be. So far away from everyone that you don't even know how to go back. Delma blinked. For a moment, the voice she gave to her thoughts had not sounded quite like her own. That was nonsense. It was late and she should go to bed. This was just tiredness, nothing more. She moved through her nighttime routine on the autopilot, made cocoa, washed her face, slipped into a clean cotton nightshirt, all with the echo of the orchestra in her head. Her bedroom was not large and was made smaller by the fact it was filled with boxes and knickknacks. Pictures on the wall showed performances, award ceremonies, 
dozens of tiny evidences of a life lived through one consuming passion. Music had given Delma everything, from opportunities for travel, Tel Aviv, Barcelona, Vienna. Oh, hadn't those been the days? To a purpose she'd never found elsewhere. Having lost it all never seemed more cutting than when she lay awake at night, watching the darkness twist her pictures into strange, ugly versions of themselves with shadows painted across their frames. Delma turned off her bedside lamp, leaving the room shrouded in the blue-gray of polluted moonlight. She was tired, a bone-deep kind of tired that she had no wish to think about. All she wanted was to sleep. And yet there, right on the edge of hearing, was something that made her breath catch. A few short notes, a piece of melody she'd played tonight, a nocturne she'd loved, and which had once been called her greatest triumph. A voice was humming it, the sound thin and pitched just a little too high. Delma's fingers curled on the edge of the comforter. Outside, city lights pricked the darkness and the traffic was a distant, steady thrum, but that world wasn't hers. It was so far away. There were thousands of lives out there, people behind every window and every street, but they seemed unreal, remote, nothing but dreams. Her breath came high and tight in her chest and she sought out shadows in the corners of the room. Nighttime made everything familiar seem odd, but nothing was out of place. Then there was that melody again, that voice. It was coming closer. Delma squeezed her eyes shut. Only a trick of the mind, she told herself. A memory, something stirred up by the music she played. Nothing more. Still, Delma did not open her eyes. Her pulse pounded in her forehead and her breaths felt rough, like cold air on the first frost, and sweat beaded on her skin. The melody was strong, but simple. Part of a nocturne that conjured images of sweet summer evenings and soft dusks deepening to warm nights. It was the kind of tune you never forgot. An indelible memory, like a first kiss or a broken heart. Delma opened her eyes, and those cold breaths withered in her throat. Lillian stood in the doorway, as beautiful as ever, silver blue in the moonlight. Her white dress was slit from ankle to thigh. Her bare arms, long legs, those of a dancer's, hard and graceful. Her black hair fell down her back in an uneven curtain. Her head held crooked on her ravaged, bent neck, and her mouth was a wide, wide slash of red. She moved forward and Delma shrank back against the pillows. 
Lillian's slender fingers, tipped with broken, grave-stained nails, curled on the doorframe and tapped out a familiar rhythm. She smiled, her lips stretching around dark, rotten gums studded with yellow teeth. The seeds at the center of some obscene, bloody fruit. You always did play so perfectly, so full of passion. The words burned themselves into Delma's skull, though the apparition gave no sign of speaking. She just watched, smiling, her milk-clouded, sightless eyes fixed on Delma. Passion had everything with you, didn't it? The melody came again, a light and reedy tune that passed over Lillian's rotten tongue like a dry breeze. Delma would have spoken, but there were no words, nothing to say. Nothing she could have said past the roar of the music that seemed to bleed from the walls of her room, pressing in on her until it crushed the breath from her lungs and forced streams of hot tears from her eyes. I'm still in the river, Delma, down in the silt with the rusted wrecks. Delma whimpered, too afraid to confront the creature, yet too frightened to hide her face. There was no sense in running, after all. This wasn't something she could ever escape. Lillian drew closer to the bed and knelt on the edge. She folded her broken body down against the covers in a movement that was cruel parody of sensual. And the smell of death washed over Delma. It had been a mistake. That was all. A moment of weakness, of humiliated rage and passion curdled into hate. Lillian's damn smile, her lips painted in devil-may-care red, so, so beautiful, but saying such ugly, callous things. Delma stared blindly into the dark, her breathing ragged as a bony, brittle form pressed against her. I'm sorry, she whispered, stumbling on the unfamiliar words. It was an accident. I didn't. Can't, can't you see? I'm sorry. A fetid laugh. A breath like spoiled meat and ash grazed Delma's cheek. Sorry's a word. A word people like you love to say. I'm still where you left me, Delma. I'm still down there, waiting. After you did what you did all those years ago. But so are you, my love. So are you. And you'll never be free. broke from Delma's lips, stifled by a pitted, leathery hand. Lillian lay close, her head resting between Delma's chin and shoulder, her bloody mouth and broken neck a testament 
to the night that had destroyed everything, and to the secret that weighted Delma's life down like an anchor, or like the cement blocks on a well-wrapped corpse. The past is the remotest place of all, the one with no path back, no matter how many regrets you have to pave it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Nocturne in Spirit was written by Kezia Kiniston-Mitchell, narrated by Eric Ventura, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by Costa T and Tom Robson. We've added ghostly hums provided by Kaylee Smith. The episode illustrations provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Kezia Kiniston-Mitchell is a speculative fiction and horror author, approximately 40% caffeine by volume. You can connect on Twitter with her at... Kezia Kiniston or check out keziakinistonmitchell.com for free short reads and upcoming releases if you enjoyed today's episode you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver you can join our book club and chat about the podcast over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver the other stories is a production by the story studio hawk and cleaver and it's brought to you by creative commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives license which means don't change it don't sell it, but by all means, share the hell out of it. Until next time. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.